Welcome back to the Various and Numerous podcast, a Briar, B-R-Y-E-R dot I-O production. We're available on a ton of platforms um, over at Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, the whole lot. So check us out over at one of those uh, platforms, also available on YouTube.com under the channel name uh, Pittsburgh Hodler. That's Pittsburgh, H-O-D-L-R. Uh, you can find the podcast over there as well. Special thanks to our sponsors, and I'll go through that list here quickly. Vinxcoin is the world's first decentralized, fine French wine and vineyard-backed security token offering where anyone can be a fine French wine and vineyard owner from the comfort of their home. Vinx removes high-cost entry to the fine and French wine vineyard ownership markets. Check out Vinxcoin at Vinx. Coin.com. That's V-I-N-X-C-O-I-N.com. Trios. What is Trios? Trios is an economy and an ecosystem. Trios is direct reference to the decentralized money that will power a new economy. In the future, the term Trios will become synonymous with cryptocurrency and virtual financial assets, their payment methods, their ecosystem, and their general use as both a utility and store of value. The TRIOS economy and ecosystem have been designed to operate upon concepts of universal consensus anchored to the stable price of gold, which effectively removes volatility from the cryptocurrency marketplace, one of the biggest existing obstacles to cryptocurrency mass adoption. Visit TRIOS.io. That's T-R-E-O-S dot I-O. Charon Coins, you found the brick-and-mortar financial institution where you can safely trade dollars for Bitcoin, USD to BTC, over-the-counter OTC, and person-to-person. We facilitate transactions of all sizes, including high-volume transactions. Their headquarters is located in Milwaukee, servicing the MKE areas of Lakefront East Side, River West, and all of Wakazi County. More than just being... Uh, an OTC location. They're here to educate you on Bitcoin, wallets, blockchain, cryptocurrency, security, and platforms. If you're in the Milwaukee area, you can also use their Bitcoin ATM. And more locations are coming shortly. Visit C-H-A-R-O-C-O-I-N-S. That's charoncoins.com. Bitcoin SOV. Bitcoin store value is an emerging community-driven product project that is decentralized a decentralized team the world over it is a proof of work mineable erc20 and has a deflationary design with token burns to ensure your value is stored over time check out their site where they're working on all sorts of interesting stuff this project is completely decentralized across the world over at btcsov.com lucho paletti is a digital artist and self-described propagandist Uh, Known for his iconic Bitcoin artworks, Lucho's number one goal is to spread the message that Bitcoin is better money. Check out LuchoPoletti.com. That's L-U-C-H-O-P-O-L-E-T-T-I.com. Bitcoin XRC is not a fork of Bitcoin. It is a new crypto asset, simple and transparent with long-term vision. With a long-term vision for investors and scarcity to help drive its value, there will only ever be 2.1 million XRC. Check out their project at BitcoinRH.org. Flashcoin is a reinvention and a new sponsor of uh, the uh, Various and Numerous podcast. Uh, It's a reinvention of Litecoin, built to scale for the worldwide commerce and fast enough to handle everyday transactions. It's extremely fast. I've used it many times myself. 
They also have a really nice wallet where you can uh, get in there and interact with merchants all over the world and see where they're selling their goods from. I really, really like what they're doing. The flexible and easy to integrate core code allows exchanges and wallets to add Flash to their platform within hours. With a settlement time of around five seconds and a consensus within two minutes, anyone or anywhere can use the Flash mobile wallet as easily as cash or with credit or as a credit card. Visit Flashcoin, that's F-L-A-S-H, coin, C-O-I-N, dot I-O. And remember, anything on this podcast is not financial advice and should not be interpreted as such. You are the captain of your own ship and are in control of your financial sovereignty. You steer your own way and do it at your own peril. Always do your own research. Thanks for listening to the uh, Beers and Numerous podcast, uh, and I really appreciate your time today. Check out our website for all of the um, all of the li- all of the podcasts uh, and ones that you maybe haven't checked out yet. Thanks a lot. Here's today's episode. This is episode seven of the Viries and Numerous podcast with Bitcoin early adopter, software engineer, educator. This man, uh, this gentleman tokenized his lawnmower and does tutorials of uh, how to tokenize anything that you own, basically. He's also from the city of champions, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mr. Josh McIntyre, thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, Mr. RL, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I figured I'd have you on. Uh, you have a lot of knowledge and uh, interesting story, so I wanted you to come on and talk to everyone. Uh, you probably know as much as uh, anybody about blockchain that I know, so I wanted you to come on and you know educate the audience. Thanks. Yeah, man, I'm always trying to learn something new, so it's uh, not any necessarily any super high level of expertise, but uh, just being a huge nerd means always learning, always teaching something. Right, you're an autodidact, right? You like to keep keep the learning going. So where I always start in the beginning of everyone's life where you grew up. Um, and I'm like I joke around that I'm the, I'm turning into Larry King of of the cryptocurrency blockchain world. Where where did you grow up? I grew up in the very exciting city of Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So oh. I'm uh, from Mister Rogers' neighborhood, as we might say, the home of Rolling Rock beer. It's the only yes. beer that I don't like at all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, kind of small town life, and now I'm living in Pittsburgh, which is a little little more exciting, a little more to do, but still has that charm. I'm I'm a little hurt that you don't like the number thirty three beer. That used to be one of my go tos, but I'm kind of ashamed. I mean, I grew up two blocks from where they, they brew it. I mean, oh, you can wow. smell it brewing growing up and it's just, I can't get into it, but yeah. The, when you drive past a beer factory, it actually doesn't smell that good. So maybe that's why it just, it's in your head. So what kind of student were you? So I was a computer science student at uh, St. Vincent college. So I went to school five minutes from where I grew up all about saving that money. Yeah. Uh, it made sense. Uh, I mean, in terms of student, I guess you could say I was a, a good student. I was never a straight A plus guy, but tried to push myself just like I do now at, at work and, and on the side. Uh, were you interested? I mean, it sounds like you were interested in tech going into that field, but like, were you into like video games and all that stuff growing up or? You know, ironically, I was never much of a gamer. My parents made me go outside. They were nice. mean, wouldn't let me have a wouldn't let me have a PlayStation or anything. So it was more more street hockey growing up. But we did always have a computer in the house. I mean, I remember booting up Windows ninety five and that sort of thing 
And I got interested in learning how to make the computer do what I wanted it to do probably as early as like sixth grade, maybe around 12 years old. But like at that point it was playing around with game maker and like drag and drop stuff. I couldn't get my head around real programming until a little later. Yeah. We're pretty close to the same age. I I think that's when I started finally, you know, getting on the internet my parents picked up a gateway. What was it? Gateway 95. What was that computer called? You know what I'm talking about? The gateways. Yeah. Yeah. One of the gateways, one of those. Yeah. So we had one of those and that's when I, I I think my first website, I actually found it. Somebody like screen, you know how that you can go back and look at all those uh, time shots or whatever. Archive.org. Yeah. That's a cool spot. I I came across one. It was like 20 years ago now. So it's kind of crazy. Did you build any websites back then or? Not much. I kind of got into like, so freshman year of high school is when I finally started teaching myself how to program for real. I was always interested in the idea of just building useful little applications for myself. So like, Oh, I want to build this app to like help me with a hobby that I'm into, like some kind of sport or something. It it takes a while to build up a skill set to make anything that's actually useful to yourself. But uh, I did a little bit of game programming too early, not really because I was super into games, but because they're simultaneously super challenging to code but they also can kind of be whatever you want. So you can set yourself, you can set that bar out for you just, just ahead of yourself enough that you can really learn without getting totally drowned. How was the, uh, the department you studied? What was this? What was your area of focus again? So I was a computer science student. You were in, okay. So what, how did, was that program at uh, St. Vincent's? Did you like it? I liked it a lot. I, I felt really well prepared for actually stepping into a job with it. I had kind of a unique experience and, and good luck of being able to get an internship after my sophomore year, mm-hmm. which is a little little bit early sometimes. And I felt like I jumped in with the right kind of knowledge. The, the cool thing about St. Vincent, it's, it's a liberal arts school. So they have a really solid uh, computer science program there. They have a solid science department, but you get to touch a little bit of everything there. It's not as tech heavy and uh, as miserably stressful as a school like CMU would be. Yeah, Carnegie Mellon's a pretty good school too. Uh, when did you uh, stumble across Bitcoin for the first time? Was it uh, while you, while you were at St. Vincent's or before that? Or yep, so freshman year of college is when I started exploring it. It was the perfect time for me because I was teaching myself how to program through high school and uh, did a little bit of like frontline IT work at that mm-hmm. time. I had experience with like Linux and open source software. And I just really like that ethos and set of values of like using technology for, you know, empowering individuals and empowering groups of people to get to really do what they want with their, with their tech. And so when I stumbled upon Bitcoin, it fit right in with that interest of mine of, you know, using software to let people do what they want to do with their lives. And it just, it just fell right in my lap. I I had a professor that actually mined Litecoin in the computer labs. Nice help him write a paper. So he encouraged me to pursue that as something I was learning about on the side. Well, that's so awesome. What year was this? So that was 2013. Wow. So Litecoin was uh, two years old or less probably at that point. That's pretty cool. It was early and uh, it it was really cool working with him. And I I still talk to him all the time. I got invited back to actually speak to one of his classes and I I still have a really big connection with that school. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. So when you found Bitcoin, um, was it, what was that, you know, process like, were you immediately like, wow, this is something, this is like the most amazing thing in the world. Or did it take a little while before that light bulb went off? 
I wouldn't say that it was something that was super immediate in terms of like, wow, I want to be super involved with it like I am now. It was kind of like, oh, this is an interesting piece of tech, you know. I, I still strongly feel that one of my biggest uh, affinities for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general is just, it's just a phenomenal piece of applied computer science, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cool tech that's helping people do interesting things. Right. And so it was kind of in my portfolio of interests that I was picking up at the time. But it took until more like, I want to say three years ago for it to be something where I really felt that I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to learning this and teaching other people about it. So that puts us at what, 2017. So it took you like four years to really fall, fall down, be in love with it, like completely. Yeah, I played around. I bought stuff with it. So I was I bought some books and, and stuff nice. in, in college with it. Like I'm really into the adoption side of things. So I learned, you know, I was learning the basics of how the systems actually work. And then, you know, as I as I started advancing in my level of software engineering knowledge, started being even more interested in the inner workings and um and the applications then of like, well, okay, so applied cryptography, proof of work, hashing. You can do some amazing stuff with this. Why not? Why not learn it some more? It's the it's the combination the culmination of like everything important in computer science and economics. It's it's the most amazing thing in the world to me. It's it's a totally brilliant project. Yeah, I mean, the things that people are doing with you know taking all of these bits and pieces of of CFs that have been developed over the years and putting it into a system that again it's it's empowering people in the same way that free operating systems do and you know, internet technologies that are free and open, but it's, it's a whole other level because finance is something that's so important for everyone right. to have to deal with and be able to hold your own money and have it be something that's built on a peer to peer software protocol instead of corporate government garbage. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. That's exactly what drew me to it when I first found it was the free market side of it. As you know, uh, you and I had a nice conversation at blockchain in the Berg, which you're, you're a co-founder of. I, I I would love to claim that really Laura and Rebecca are the co-founders, okay. but I was a let's say a very early adopter. Integral piece of that puzzle, right? I have a great yeah. story about that if you want me to tell. Yeah, go ahead. So I interacted with them on Twitter a bit when I saw they were starting this meetup in Pittsburgh. And the first meetup was originally going to be when I was out of town in Denver teaching at the blockchain training conference. So that was the C4's big event. I got to speak out there. Uh, the last week of August and uh, they changed the date. And so I was able to come. Okay. And I was the first person in the room. I was early, went in, shook their hands and said, Oh, I think we talked on Twitter. You know, I'm chain toots on Twitter. And they're like, we were hoping you would come. Like we want a tech person. And uh, so they, Laura and Rebecca are some of the sweetest people. I'm very, very thankful for everything they're doing to help me uh, kind of spread what I'm doing with, you know, Bitcoin education and, and cool projects. So uh, not a co-founder, but a very, very early adopter. I'm like, the you're, first you're, really. yeah, you're right there. You're <laughs> right there. You're like uh, the next in line. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I met you up there and we had a little bit of a talk about like economics and stuff. You and I have a lot of similar interests. So I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the show. So when, when you uh, found Bitcoin and then you pretty much found Litecoin right around the same time, were you, and you were talking about, using cryptocurrency from like an adoption st- or, um, you know, as a medium of exchange standpoint, I think is important to you. Um, were you kind of a Litecoin proponent from the onset there or, or, or like, how did that work? Because Bitcoin was still pretty fast on chain back then. I mean, 
Yeah, at the time, you know, it's learning these kind of technologies is always a baby step. Like I wanted to to learn as much as I could about Bitcoin, and then, um, and I picked up learning a little bit about Litecoin and what makes it a different sort of alternative. As I was picking up more of the tech pieces, um, yeah, I've I've never been like a maximalist for any one particular project. Certainly, at that time, Bitcoin was still in that phase where people were excited about using it. It was very fast and usable and cheap on chain. Um, you know, things have changed since then, but uh, you know, I still think they're both great projects, just doing right. different things. Absolutely. So then you decided a little bit later on to uh, get into the uh, Bitcoin Cash community. So you, you did make that move over. I think you're mostly uh, holding or you at least uh, are a proponent of Bitcoin Cash. So tell us, tell us why. Tell us the, uh, the journey to, to that project. I am. And uh, all you great folks out here listening to the Virus and Numerous podcast, please direct your hate mail towards me and not RL. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, I mean, I just, I like the community in Bitcoin Cash. I like what they're doing. You know, I, I'm not so interested in the fight of, oh, what is Bitcoin? What is the, the OG? What is the best? I just think that what drew me into Bitcoin so much in the first place was the idea that this could be something that's adopted as a worldwide currency, that it's inexpensive and fast on chain and, and relatively simple to uh, use for new users. And so I just feel that the way that things have shifted the last couple of years, that Bitcoin Cash is more aligned with the vision and use case that I, that I care for. Um, so, you know, I use that project because I, I think a lot of people in the community also feel the same way. There's a lot of great developers doing exciting things, and uh, I try to stay away from the shit talking. But I guess yeah. it's part of the part of the part of the package. Yeah, well, I'm I'm more of a uh, Bitcoin BTC guy, and you're more of a BCH guy. But we've never had any you know arguments or anything like that. It, I think that the maximalism has just got completely out of control, and I I, th I think it's just uh, you know it's it's like let the tribalism die with fiat, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's kind of a shame to see people get into that that sort of argument because I think we're all proponents of cryptocurrency and peer-to-peer -peer cash um, right. much more than we are of the existing system. And uh, there's there's no reason to, to get into those arguments so deeply. I, I think it's important to keep an open mind because, again, different projects do different things. They solve different right. use cases. And, and even where there's overlap, like I think Litecoin is really cool. I think Digibyte's you know, interesting. It's a new one I'm exploring. It doesn't have to be winner take all, but I agree. Know. I think the, I think the entire network is strengthened by more and more projects because it's just competition. It's like any other good, you know, money is good. Like anything else, the more competition, the better for us all the best will come to the top. But uh, as, as somebody who, you know, is, you know, I'm a huge Austrian school guy. Uh, Roger Veer, is a huge Austrian school guy. So um, what do you think? Are you a Roger Ver, Ver fan or Ver? I think it's Ver, Roger Ver fan. I mean, I, I actually keep up a bit with what the, what BCH is up to. I watch some of his videos and um, I think he's a really intelligent guy. He's kind of went the way of maximalism though. So I'm just curious what your take on him is. Yeah. I mean, like any other person, right? I mean, there's some things I, I, I love about the guy. There's some things that maybe turn me off a little bit. Um, I think it, it, he really strikes me as very honest in his position that he believes Bitcoin Cash is, is a great project and spreading adoption. You know, um, he gets accused of, 
I would say like scamming people who he's going to pump and dump Bitcoin cash. I, I think he really believes what he believes. Um, sometimes he can be a little bit too aggressive, like you said, on the maximalist side, mm. that, that's not so much my speed. And uh, I got to say, Roger's a jiu-jitsu guy. He's a brown belt. Yeah. I think that's super cool. I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu hobbyist myself at a much, much lower level. But, you know, that's cool and all too. Yeah, I mean, I dig what he does. He's he's just an interesting guy. And he people just don't understand, like, people like him were such an asset to the early days of Bitcoin. Uh, without him and some of these other people that were really out in the early days plugging away, I don't think it would be what it is today. He's done a lot for Bitcoin. And, I, and you know, Bitcoin.com too, obviously, you know, some of the ideological disagreements in the space, you know, people don't like to use their products because they're so heavily on the side of Bitcoin cash. But right. like personally, I'm biased just from what I use. I like their wallet. You know, they have, uh, they seem to be doing a lot to promote that particular vision of Bitcoin. So I, th- I think he's doing good things. I agree with you. So um, see uh, two different chain proponents can get together and have a civil conversation. here. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, no, it's so Twitter is like so so divisive today. It's it's crazy. It's like seems to be getting worse. I don't know. Rebecca and I got trashed in this one thread out of nowhere. People were asking for Bitcoin meetups in different regions and she mentioned, you know, hey, we're in the Pittsburgh area and and people started pecking at us. You're not a Bitcoin meetup. You're a crypto meetup. And oh, people were digging through my tweets and like this guy can't be a self respecting Bitcoiner. He's used Bitcoin cash. It was it was really wild. I'm like, I'm like, do you like have any other hobbies? Right. Like, you know, I wonder like, if they have any, what have they done for the space? Like, is they, they, you know, a lot of these people are just keyboard warriors. They, they're the, the people that really reside in the YouTube comments. And, and all in all, like, honestly, I, I completely respect people that just have an, a, a real strong affinity for one product. I mean, I met people uh, at the blockchain training conference that specifically work on lightning. Um, and like, to be honest, I don't, care for lightning that much it's not something i really use although i'm Mm -hmm. you know at least interested in learning about it but i have a ton of respect for people that are pouring their energy and and their engineering resources into building something that they believe in i mean i think that's awesome and that just means again more competition in the space and more cool products for us to to check out and try i actually think lightning has a ways to go myself um, I got trashed speaking of that yesterday I, or the day before I posted about um, Chainlink, and you would have think I committed some sort of like atrocity against the Bitcoin community. It was like, how dare you talk about Chainlink? It's like, man, you don't realize if one of these, if one of these projects that, you know, actually do um, satisfy the Oracle and all these blockchains can, you know, talk to each other and communicate with interoperability. The whole value of the entire ecosystem just goes like crazy, you know, uh, bullish. It's like, don't you want the most value in the space or do you just want to like have like uh, windows 95 forever or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it like doesn't make any, any cryptocurrency, any blockchain project doing well is good for the whole ecosystem. Yes, sir. So you give a lot of, uh, you, you're doing tutorials on Chain Tuts. It's C-H-A-I-N-T-U-T-S. I know you had a hoodie on in the one I was watching earlier. I thought you might have had it on your shirt, but it's not on there uh, with your brand. Uh, tell us about those. And then you tokenized your lawnmower, which was awesome. Uh, I was watching that one today as well. So tell us a little bit about your site and your tutorials. Yeah, so I do have a Chain Toots shirt on tonight. You know, oh, it does? Okay. 
It doesn't yeah, have no. the it doesn't have the website on the front though. The uh, dot no, com. it's just it's all about the brand apparently. Um, <laughs> fun, it's fun to fun to promote a project I'm super interested in. Yeah. yeah, what I'm trying to do with that is really just put out educational content. You know, I'm an engineer in my day job first and foremost. I I write software and I I love technology and. Uh, more generally in my life, I'm somebody that if I get interested in something, I get really interested in it. And part of that for me is also teaching and sharing that with other people that are that want to learn about something that I like. So I started that website in uh, November of 2018 because I had a few blog posts on my personal website about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. And I thought, why not expand that into its own fully fleshed out project? So the Blockchain lawnmower project was super fun. I heard a couple years ago when Andreas Antonopoulos was on Joe Rogan's show, Mm -hmm. he was talking about this future idea of, you know, hey, like imagine instead of us having to go to the DMV to transfer a title on a vehicle, and I've done that, it's a huge pain in the ass. Nobody likes dealing with the DMV. You know, what if we had some kind of blockchain that represented these assets? And we were able to trade them in a transaction, just like we trade Bitcoin in a transaction. You're using a blockchain, you're using public key cryptography. And so, uh, RL, you sell me my car, you know, Mm -hmm. I send you the Bitcoin for it. Uh, You transfer ownership of that asset to me. And I can now start the car with my crypto wallet. Because the car knows what public key or address it, it belongs to by checking the blockchain. Right. And I have the private key in my wallet that can sign for it. There's another gentleman that comes to our meetup that we were talking about this idea of tokenization. He says, why haven't you built something on this yet? I said, I don't know. It's a potential project. But uh, he kind of inspired me to, to get on it. Well, what the lawnmower is, is it's really just a maybe a little bit cheesy proof of concept for that. So I made a token that's actually on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain because they have a standard for issuing tokens, just like Ethereum. Mm -hmm. And I built a Raspberry Pi starter module that you plug in a a USB key with a private key and uh, it'll do some some signing uh, back and forth to verify that you're the owner and it will actually wire up and start for you. So it's really just to prototype out that concept. Um, do I actually want a lawnmower that I have to digitally sign a transaction to start and connect to the internet? Probably not, but it, it definitely gives you the idea, I think. You can see some of them. Can you see them on the screen now? I'm just sharing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, here are some of these tutorials that he's put together. It's pretty cool. And then he's over here on, uh, uh, well, I lost that. But anyways, I was going to show the Twitter real quick, but I had my messages up. Uh, yeah. So what about, uh, the second one here, business school guide to crypto cryptocurrencies. You want to tell us about this one real quick? Yeah. So that is, I would say one of my favorite things just ever to get to do, which is speak to students and speak to audiences about this stuff. Uh, that is a finance professor that I was friends with at St. Vincent, um, through some mutual friends through our weightlifting club and that sort of thing. And, uh, he teaches corporate finance and investments And he has invited me the last two years in a row to go speak to his students about crypto. And, you know, I obviously love the tech side of things, but Mm -hmm. you're always giving a talk for an audience to build on their knowledge and give them new tools to work with. So what I talked to them more about was, you know, generally how it works and why it's important, why it's different than the current financial system, and gave them a couple key points on how they might see this applied in their careers in the future, like, you know, improved settlement between institutions, uh, 
decrease in fraud risk and, and dealing with uh, those sorts of issues compared to credit cards and all that. And I, I got to tell you, you know, for a Monday lecture, these students are very engaged. And, and so it's always fun to field their questions and, and get them excited about this. Yeah, I think it's awesome you're going around doing that. That's that's really good. You're like the you're you know you're you're gonna be one of those people like uh, you know going around. You're the next benefactor to these people, so they're they're gonna look up to you. I hope I don't think I'll ever be as cool as Andreas Antonopoulos, but uh, <laughs> you know he's certainly a kind of a an inspiration and a mentor for that. Like somebody that is just doing what they love, teaching to the best of their ability, trying to learn new things and, and keep up with the space. Like that's that's what I aspire to be. You know, not not necessarily so much a businessman, but an educator, and you know, maybe someday I'll get to make my living doing that. Yeah, they kind of it, it'll probably merge into you know the same thing here short, shortly if you keep it up. I have a feeling. So uh, you're you're uh, moderating a debate. Are we on the eve of that tomorrow? We're on the eve of a blockchain panel tomorrow. Very very stoked about this one. Yeah, uh, tell us about that. Tell yeah, tell you a little bit about it. So. Yeah. Uh, this is with the Pittsburgh Entrepreneurs Forum, and so they do a, a wide variety of things to help out Pittsburgh uh, area business people. They uh, were doing an event they had planned for tomorrow, and it's uh, called Beyond Cryptocurrencies. It's actually about some of the business applications of blockchain and uh, you know projects that are a little bit outside of just the uh, cryptocurrency space. They were looking for a moderator with some industry knowledge, and so I have the opportunity to actually create the questions for them. Mm -hmm. and moderate this panel discussion. So it's, it's really exciting for the community. And I got to say, it's really exciting for me because it's kind of a chance for me to, uh, you know, apply my knowledge and, and bring some of my thoughts to the space um, while interacting with other business people that are, that are doing this that I've, I've never met before. Where are they holding that at? Did you, did you say? This is going to be at uh, TrueFit. It's at 501 Grant Street, downtown Pittsburgh. And that's available um, to the public? Yep, available to the public. It uh, they're starting off the evening at five thirty with just networking and hors d'oeuvres and that sort of thing. And I think the discussion kicks off at six thirty, and there'll be networking after as well. So please, if you're in the area, I'd love to come come meet folks and answer questions. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, hopefully I can get this out in time to maybe you know some people see it. I don't know, uh, but it's still interesting to hear you know about you moderating the debate. How long is is it supposed to go? Uh, about an hour long. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's neat because I've never moderated anything before. Like I've definitely had the chance to speak and we even had a little discussion panel at Blockchain in the Berg. Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be cool. You know, as a moderator, I, th I still think you get to bring some of your, your knowledge and experience to the table to help the discussion flow. And, and in particular, getting to write up some of the questions was really exciting because I, I have uh, some interesting things to say and some interesting things to ask of other people in the space. Yeah, it would be pretty cool to approach it from that angle. Uh, you'll have to let me know how that goes. So I have a couple more questions for you here as we wrap up. Where do you uh, – I know a lot of people don't like to talk about price because price isn't the most important thing in the world, but I, I do think it's interesting. Where do you think we're going to head in this bull cycle? Uh, this, you know, well, we can talk about – you can talk about BCH if you want or and Bitcoin or just where do you think we're heading? Do you think we're going to go to these crazy numbers that a lot of people are predicting? Yeah, definitely as somebody that doesn't talk about the price much or really know much about the economics, I'll say my perspective on it uh, is always that price follows utility. I right. think that whether it's Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, any of these major projects, they are 
bringing some really interesting use cases out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I see continuing adoption for sure. And I think as continuing adoption grows, we're going to see an increase in the price because it's going to become a commodity that people want more. Right. Now, I would also imagine we're still going to continue to see some volatility. So I expect the value in my wallets is going to keep going up and keep going down. But uh, it seems like all in all, we're on an upward trend and I hope that's where it goes. Perfectly explained. Uh, and where do you see us in 2030? I'm talking the overall, not just price, uh, overall uh, utility. Um, are we using it? Is everyone using it then? Uh, are you buying your coffee with it? You know, that's the the, the joke is that everybody's talking about when you're going to buy your coffee now for like five years. Um, what, what, you know, when, what's going to happen here in the next decade? So a couple points uh, that I would, I guess, throw myself out there to predict. Uh, first is I strongly hope that we are at a high adoption phase. Uh, I hope we are buying coffee with it and things. And I think that's good um, for people's own financial freedom and definitely for their financial security because the way that blockchain systems are designed, uh, it's way better than credit cards in terms of your safety every time you go out and make a transaction. Right. Here's maybe an interesting one that people don't hear often. When we talk about government institutions and businesses, I come from the perspective that if you can't beat them, join them, and I don't think you can beat cryptocurrencies at all, the way they're built, in terms of decentralization and censorship resistance. So I think we are, by 2030, going to see a lot of corporate banks, um, financial institutions, even government agencies using existing cryptocurrency networks and perhaps some new technologies that we have yet to see to uh, do some interesting things. Yeah, this is February 25th, 2020 for posterity. Uh, I'm pretty. Sh I'm pretty sure that it was today that J.P. Morgan announced that they're going. They, they, uh, it's time. You know, they've made their you know announcement that it's time for people to own some Bitcoin. I think it was the announcement. I don't know if you caught that or not. Well, good. That's yeah. that's a step in the right direction from them. Right. I agree with you. I think the banks are about to get on board here. Uh, so I always like to close here with the one final question. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Uh, what is, what, you know, what does Bitcoin mean to you? It's like, it's, you know, the most important question to me is, uh, that, you know, to wrap up the show every time. To me, it's digital sovereignty, man. It's the ability to truly own your money in a digital world. And, you know, when you have freedom over your operating system, when you have freedom over all the software that you're running, um, and most importantly, when you have freedom over the software that controls your money in a digital economy, um, you're a more free individual. You have more control over your choices. And I think that is so, so, so valuable because it doesn't matter if you're um, more of a store of value person or a medium of exchange person mm -hmm. or just perhaps a bit crypto curious. Uh, you get to see the value of taking money back into your hands and your ownership. Uh, given that, you know, we're so far from the cash economy that we used to have. I think that's magical. I we really too. do. Yeah, it's, it's sovereignty, like you said. What, do you think that we will see, just to follow up here to, to end the show, do you think that uh, fiat currencies will die the brutal death that they deserve? Or do you think that they, uh, we, we have some sort of um, uh, world where we, you know, ha we continue to have competing currencies like fiat and uh, Bitcoin, BCH, 
um, you know, and the other ones. What, what are your thoughts? I'd really like to see us go to an all crypto economy. Um, I, I really would. I think it's just a better way of doing things because again, it gives, it gives individuals control over their own money and mm -hmm. it's truly global, which is a beautiful thing. Um, the only thing I guess I'll add, maybe a little selfishly as somebody that's growing up and building a few assets in that pesky US dollar, I hope we figure out a way to make the transition smooth. Right. Yeah. You don't want to see it completely burned down. <laughs> I'd, I'd maybe like to, you know, get something of value out of my retirement account before we make the, uh, the big flippening. But yeah, I, I think I, I really do think that our economy and uh, our lives as a whole could be better off if we make that move to a peer-to-peer uh, -peer digital cash system. I feel the same way. So tell everyone where they can uh, go to find your stuff, your tutorials, your website, uh, all that, your Twitter. Yeah. So the main website is chaintuts.com, chaintuts. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well. You can search for that. And I am on Twitter at chaintuts as well. So uh, I love to interact with people and answer questions and um, always trying to put out new content. So appreciate anyone that's out there interacting with it and uh, supporting uh, some learning together. Absolutely. I appreciate your time tonight, sir. Appreciate your time. Your talk at Blockchain and the Bird was phenomenal. We had a great time. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was, uh, that was the first one I'd given like that. So uh, I, it was an honor to go speak and I appreciate all your help with recording and everything. I put it out there. And it's uh it's got a decent amount of use so thanks a lot and i hope yeah, we can do this again soon thanks anytime absolutely all right hang on i'm gonna say a proper goodbye <laughs>